Welcome back to another episode of Chris Dyer's Creative Friends, a super awesome podcast show where me, your artist friend Chris Dyer, talks to all his super awesome artistic friends. Today, I'm in the Tampa Bay interviewing my artist friend Sebastian Coolidge, who's a very unique individual artist, muralist, painter, fashion designer, inventor, and just a different kind of dude, you know? Uh, he's got humor and originality as part of his soul expression, and I think you'll really enjoy this conversation we had recently. Enjoy! studio and we also got Pauline in the back here on the cameras behind the scenes so let's kick this baby off Chris you have anything you want to say uh this is gonna be fun you heard it here first it's gonna be fun Uh, (laughs) all right well thank you so much Sebastian for having me over yes dude thanks for coming over man yeah no problem this is great it's nice to go out for uh, to trips diner yeah this morning Tampa, what is it, Seminole or? Seminole Heights, Seminole Heights. Tampa, yeah. yeah. So. Nice like, to have you in Tampa. Yeah, thank you. This is kind of like the, the cool neighborhood of Tampa, right? I guess, yeah. Yeah, and you? Well, we're here now, so. What? Well, we're here, so. We're you here know now, it's so cool. now it's gotta fucking be cool. <laughs> um, you just moved to Tampa from St. Petersburg, Correct. but you've gone back and forth throughout the years. Where are you from originally? So actually, I'm originally from, I grew up in Kansas City. Okay. So it's like the middle of the map, Missouri. Uh, I moved out here when I was about 18 and lived with my aunt, who was actually also from Kansas City, but she moved out here. She works in like a school district and whatnot. So that was kind of my chance to kind of get out of Kansas City and like, you know, get away from the riffraff and like the life I was kind of like, you know, into just like, you know. What year was that? Uh, that was, I would say, 2009, okay. 2008 maybe. How was uh, Tampa and St. Petersburg those days? Well, so I was in St. Pete then, and I was in St. Pete all the way up until really a few months ago when I moved here. Um, St. Pete was a lot different. It's definitely changed a lot. It's grown up a lot. A lot more condos and you know new places popping up where like downtown before was like all right it was cute but it wasn't like how it is now it's definitely the whole landscape's changed Uh in a matter of years like big big change how come (laughs) i think you know a lot of it's probably due to the popularity of like the art and people people like me like going out painting big murals and you know making like the scenery like really fun and enjoyable for people to be walking around in. And now that uh, St. Pete is kind of growing into something beautiful, you moved back to Tampa. How come? 
Well, you know, that, that is an interesting question. I guess, like, I don't kind of, like, you know, I like to just do, like, different things than what I see, you know, normally, you know, the average person will be doing. So, like, once it gets, like, real popular, then I'm like, I'll just go to Tampa and, like, you know, kind of lay low out here for a little bit. Mm -hmm. But is there, like, more jobs in Tampa since it's a bigger city? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, it's really, like, the same people that, you know, would contact me. The same people still contact me. It's not, like, any different, really. I really haven't even had, like, you know, besides this job I'm doing right now for, uh, it's this group called the Moist. It's, like, Moist Critical. It's, like, a collective of, like, gamers and, like, YouTube. Like, they're the first people that really even hit me up in Tampa since I moved here. Uh-huh. The rest of the stuff's been kind of, like, things I already had going on or... You know, connections that are unrelated. Do you think as an artist, it, it matters where you live? Like, for example, you moved to Tampa, so you got a big Tampa client. Does that matter? Or with the internet, you could have gotten the same job living in St. Pete. Or perhaps because you moved here, and now you're a Tampa artist that influenced the clientele being attracted to you? Yes and no. I would say, obviously, with the internet age, you can, like, you know, have influence, you know, amongst all types of people that you would never normally see on the street or whatever. But yeah, it helps to like, you know, locally to have, you you know, people be able to hit you up that are in your town and living by. So yeah, mm -hmm. it but definitely you, helps. But you like this area in general. Yeah, yeah. Tampa St. Pete is almost the same kind of thing to me. Yeah. You know, the whole like Tampa Bay area. It's, it's like, half an hour away. It's a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. It's what just across like, the bridge. What do you like about this area? You're one of, one of the people who like influenced me to move here. Like when I, I when I came here last Christmas, you yeah. invited me out for breakfast with that uh, guy Steven also. Yeah. And and you're like, so you're considering moving around here? It's like, yeah, it's a possibility. We'll see. And then you even started sending me real estate postings. Like, check out this house with a swimming pool. Yeah. You could have a swimming pool. And I'm like, I could have a swimming pool. <laughs> Not that I bought a house with a swimming pool in the end, but. Yeah, I actually bought you floaties. Uh, you bought me floaties? Yeah, I didn't. I never get, you didn't get the swimming pool. So I was like, ah, I just kept them, you know. Okay. I actually ended up taking them back to the store. Oh, no. Yeah. But uh, I do hope that one day I can dig a <laughs> hole in my backyard and, and put some plastic on it or whatever, yeah. some tile, and have a swimming pool to refresh yeah. myself. But once again, what? why do you love this area? You've been here for many years. So. Yeah, you know what? This area is It's very charming, I guess, from where I where I came from, like Kansas City is also like a, you know, it's a, it's a cute town or whatever. When I moved here, the St. Pete specifically, it was very like small town, but it also felt like it was kind of in a big town because of Tampa, but it was like really clean and, you know, like just pleasant to be around. I really liked the whole vibe of it, you know, coming from like Kansas City was a little bit of like a, not like dirtier town, but definitely like Midwest kind of dirtier town so i moved here it was like i don't know like just like a nice like clean Feels area fresh, i right? liked it yeah, yeah maybe like, the ocean you get the ocean breeze you know being able to go to the ocean was something like that was you know that was only like a vacation thing up until you know once you live here you're like i can go to the beach any day and then you never go but like so i started going to the beach a lot you know with my family and stuff like that uh -huh. you've been to the beaches very briefly not yeah that's how it is once you're like have the access 
Yeah, well, you I don't go for some reason. <laughs> like, well, it's also been winter, and it's right. like you know, it's not it's not like cold by any stretch, but it's also not like the hottest day where it's like you gotta go to the beach and jump in the yeah. ocean. But we hope to uh, get there eventually and take advantage of it, and I'm super excited. But I I can't say I do feel the ocean breeze where I where I bought. Wait, actually, I do want to ask you what made you because you kind of already had the inclination to move to St. Pete before we talked. Yeah, I think I just kind of was pushing it a little bit because I was like, yeah, move, yeah, 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 yeah. come be in this stuff. Uh -huh. But what kind of like pushed you initially? Like, what did you like see or hear? Like, what was it that Well, I, ne I needed to find a place in the United States where I felt comfortable living. And okay. a lot of it is not my style. But I've been coming to Florida in general since I was like fucking five years old. Yeah. Uh, it's got like a Latino vibe to like it. Miami. Right. Yeah. But then when I go to Miami for the Basils, it's so fucking crazy and chaotic that I was like, I couldn't live there. But maybe somewhere else in Florida. And then I remember going to, uh, to, to uh, coming here, uh, Tampa and, and St. Pete in 2015 before a Basel and hanging out with Jacob Hill and other friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm uh, going to the uh, Salvador Dali Museum. I just remember like, oh, that place was Florida and it was chill. And I hear it's artsy, so let's go and check it out. And that's why I went to connect with my cousin last uh, Christmas. And that's when we hanged out. And I was like, yeah. oh, that, that looks like a really nice place. And it's not too expensive yet. So yeah, yeah. so thanks for the, cool. the support cool. with that. So right before me moving, there was this whole hurricane thing. And then I'm checking into your Instagram post, and you posted about this spider infestation. Uh, spider infestation. Infestation <laughs> on the beach. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? There's uh, like millions of spiders. That was right before you moved? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I was like, is this a joke? Is this for real? Please tell me about the spider, spider infestation so of St. Pete. The spider infestation was really wild because a lot of people don't know about it, like outside of, you know, like St. Pete or Tampa area. So basically, like one day I, I went to the beaches. I didn't know about it. It's one of those things I feel like the government tries to hide. Is it for real? Because it's, yeah, it's very, very strange. I think it's a lot of like overseas, like China, the factories produce a lot of, um, you know, like dust and pollution and stuff. And with that comes these like crazy spider infestations. And so, like, they dump a lot of them. They clean out these warehouses and dump them into the ocean. And then somehow they, like, kind of, like, raft their way over to the beaches. And when I went to the beach one day, it was, like, as far as you could see, my favorite beach. I'm not going to say it because I want to blow up the spot. But it's, like, covered in, like, spiders. And they were, like, it looked like human hair was, like, wrapped around them. And I guess it, it somehow, like... Uh, they made the, enough web to use a raft? No, with like the laws they have, I think a lot of people have to cut their hair in China. So they like also dump that with the spiders. And so they get wrapped up in it. And I met this guy and he was like, he's like, uh, if you like know the right program, you collect buckets of it. And for every pound of it, they'll give you like $10 or something because it takes a lot, you know, dry to make a pound. So... Uh, we so this is for real. I thought no, you were just. No, it's all bullshit. Uh, it was all a joke. It was, a, it was total bullshit. I oh was my god, you had me going on that. It's like, what? This is for real? Because like I was like, no, this has to. But uh, you had me like, why, why, why you play with my emotions, Sebastian? <laughs> so Can you guys run that video? 
Is that yeah, possible? Yeah. Pauline, hey, Paulina. Run that clip real quick. The storms have washed up billions of spiders. Some are saying into the quadrillions, wrapped in human hair from overseas here in St. Petersburg, Florida. People don't know what to do. Um, this guy was saying that if you, they're paying people right now $10 a pound to come down to the beach and just pick up like buckets or bags, just fill them up with as many spiders as you can and try to help clean up the beaches. I talked to some of the locals. Uh, this guy right here, he's been here for over 50 years. He said he's never made so much money on spiders. <laughs> Paulina will, will put the B-roll to this, but... Um, <laughs> Well, um, it was a total joke. I just wanted to mess with people, but it was this like weird like uh, type of like coral or something that was washing up and like covering the beaches, which it still looked really messed up. Right, like, right, the, right. The beaches were like destroyed with this like stuff. But it goes to show that <laughs> if you like do some kind of uh, news reporting, you could really yeah. convince people of any like narrative. Right. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go in and go, go into your art very soon, but okay. what's your correlation between uh, humor or well, that's tricking yeah. somebody or, right. or you know, like getting some kind of weird upside down hook. Even your signature, you, you write Sebastian and your second name, it's upside down. Like, uh, I know the thing is, is like, it's really all kind of my art. Like even the whole spider infestation thing, which is not something I, that type of prank is not a typical thing I do a lot, but even that I consider to be like an art piece. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, you're just expressing yourself yeah. through any way possible. Right, so a lot of it's humor, you know, I had to do it like, even this like funny stuff, like, you know, if you look at like, maybe like older painting, I do like also like classic type of like oil paintings or, you know, like, you know, but I just like to do like funny things, you know, just stuff to like take people away from like what they're maybe normally experiencing and just like have like a laugh or maybe invoke like a funny thought or just intrigue someone into thinking something, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of your paintings are kind of like also like plays of shapes, you know, mm -hmm. like a guy running this way, but another guy's going running inside him yeah. and just like, like uh, provoking, right? Kind of like a, like a MC Escher. Also, yeah, like uh, perspectives, right? Yeah. Right, and uh, just seeing diff things from a different perspective, yeah. which I think is, I would say, your strength. Like you're mm -hmm. a different kind of alien. I like to play. Yeah. Yeah. And turn I like that fun, you know. Turn yeah. things up in their heads and uh, perhaps even get people out of their comfort zones. Right. Does that ever play out uh, the opposite way that you intended? Uh, does it play out the opposite way intended? I like when you're trying to, like, you know, like, for example, when we met at Art With Me Festival, <laughs> I can't remember what you told me, but I was like, <laughs> that guy is a little bit of an asshole. I'm going to stay away from him. Yeah. But you were just kind of like yanking my chain. Right. Thing is, I didn't know you yet. I didn't know yeah. if you were yanking my chain right. in a friendly way like two buddies would do. Yeah. But then you didn't know me yet. It's like, what is this guy saying this thing to me? What the fuck's going on here? Um, like, but I'm a chill dude, so I'll be like, oh, whatever, I'll just keep on painting. Does <laughs> ever being all like, you know, like, like, fought back to you? Yeah, yeah, like for sure. There's definitely like, sometimes people interpret my like playfulness like that because I do kind of like, do keep a straight face and I do like to like mess with people like that. So it was funny actually because 
um, we showed up at this like art with me thing and it's like these artists I didn't really know any of the artists painting this is all kind of my first time meeting that my girlfriend Rayma was like oh Chris Dyer she knew you from like the festival because she used to like vend at festivals and stuff so like I didn't know like I guess maybe that's more the circuit you're kind of like tied to the community that I did I just didn't know who you were and I was like who's Chris Dyer she's like no he's like big and was like really hyping you up and I was like let's go fuck with him <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let's go look with that dude. <laughs> so that's kind of like my way of really like breaking the ice with people. And I was like, yeah. maybe he'll get it. And then we'll be like, you know, have like a good kind of be fun. To yeah, like yeah, mess yeah, with yeah. him. But if not, then maybe he'll just think I'm weird. And maybe we'll iron that out later, which we kind of did. Like, yeah. I, think we kinda ironed it I out myself later. didn't know m many of the artists of that festival other than Claudia LaBianca. La yeah, I didn't know Claudia. Yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't uh, Claudia. But that I did it. not really know Ocean Man. Right, uh, me neither. Or yeah. Monique or who yeah. else was there. There was a couple other artists that were there that painted before, so I didn't get to meet them in right. person. So. Yeah, they're all really good people, though. And, yeah. and Jacob, I think, put that together. Jacob he's Hale. always put together like really good stuff, too. That's a great dude. I like that uh -huh. dude a lot. Have you seen him recently, Jacob Hill? I haven't seen him recently. Yeah, we do like talk every once in a while. And, you know, he's yeah. always like, you know, he's always coming up with something, you know, to like get something popping. I love that type of personality. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. kind-hearted dude. Um, so let's talk about your art. What okay. I know you got different kinds of art. Uh, you're a painter, you are a sculptor, a fashion designer, muralist. Did any of those arts is like your main thing or did anything come first and mm -hmm. something else come from it? Like tell me about your art expressions and the different mediums that you use. Yeah, so I guess it kind of started um, I've kind of told this story before. I'm just going to jump it back real quick to the dawn of time when I was like little or just drawing on the wall. Sure. You know, and stuff like that. Please. And like Take it where you my want. My mom had got me like, uh, you know, like do the Ninja Turtle stickers. I would draw around them. And then like, uh, you know, just growing up, I would just be drawing all the time to kind of like, you know, maybe take myself away from like whatever was happening. And I would just find myself drawing. And then in high school, I got into like, making t-shirts with like drawing like painting designs on them mm -hmm. and like sewing like little pockets on you know just kind of making like funky stuff so it was kind of like you know drawing always will come first i think but fashion was kind of like i want to be able to like wear my art and mm -hmm. like have it with me all the time so fashion was kind of like a natural art form to me so and then i full self-expression yeah so then i started when i came to saint pete i met this really awesome lady kimberly hendrix who has now passed away, but she was kind of like my first like mentor in like the fashion world, and I was showing her like a lot of my designs, and she had like a really great like successful like fashion brand, and she was like gave me this idea. She's like, we well, love to like paint and draw and all this stuff. She's like, you should like take these designs you're doing and paint them on walls and have that be like your lookbook for people to like look at your fashion and just have people in like blank clothing that you're shooting. She's like, it's this like really bizarre concept of like not actually showing the clothes. And I was like, dude, that sounds fucking wild. Oh, like I've never seen anything like that. You're trying to sell clothes, but there's nothing on the clothes. It's on the background. It's on the wall. Yeah. So uh, me and my buddy, uh, Elijah, he was like, he's helping me. We're painting these like big like pieces of basically what these like shirts were that I was designing on walls. And then uh, people started kind of seeing them around town, like St. Pete, and then they started like hiring me to do like murals for them. 
and then I got kind of like caught up in this whole like, because that's when murals were kind of really becoming a big thing. This was like 2011 times when they were first like, the mural craze started like popping off again, mm -hmm. 2010, 2011. Yeah. And so then I started doing like murals and stuff and then that, uh, it all kind of intertwined like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So did you stop doing fashion to do murals or you did it parallel? Yeah, I kind of did both. I mean, I did definitely cut back on fashion a lot because the mural game was just like providing every you know means I needed to be like an artist. So like I, I was working like little jobs and stuff and I quit all these things and just was like, I'm gonna make it being an artist. Like, I don't care what I have to do. Like, I don't care if I have to be homeless. I'm gonna like do what I have to do to like get art out there and have this be my life. Like mm -hmm. uh, all, any means necessary. Has it been worth it? It's been definitely worth it, man. Like, have you slept on the streets or have you always succeeded in the end? Yeah, I mean, I definitely like did some like staying at friends' places, that type of like, you know, like crashing places, definitely for sure. I had like a fair amount of friends that were like, you know, letting me stay with them and stuff like that. But yeah, it eventually like worked out into where now I can just like do my art and which was kind of like a crazy concept for me. I don't know how you got into it or like what caused you to do it, but like, did anyone ever tell you like it was an option to like just be an artist and do what you want? Uh, like, how did that happen for you? Because I'm really interested in. Thanks, he, thanks for making questions. No, no, he asked me about my. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always was an artist, but the adults, as much as they thought it was neat that I did art, never said like you should work as an artist. They were more like, oh, maybe you should do a job that involves art, like architecture or uh, you know, cartoon right. animation, yeah. where uh, skilled artists can be hired by a big company. Yeah. Uh, but it was never like, oh, you can do art and go out and sell it. Even when I went to school for years, I was like, okay, I'm learning how to do art, but I got no clue how I'm gonna like fucking make a living out of this thing. That's why I got, I stayed right. in school for like eight years. And, uh, and then I just fucking went out there and put, fucking threw my dice on 20 tables and saw what stuck. And some things worked out. Yeah. But I had to figure it out. This is like 2004 when I started my career. And yep, some things worked out like skateboard yeah. graphics and eventually murals. Clothing brand, it's had its good times and its bad times. Yeah. So let's go back to you. Tell yeah. me about your fashion. So did you make a clothing brand per se or mm. were you just doing like limited edition uh, hood couture objects mm -hmm. for wear? Like how do you go about it? Yeah, definitely I'm still working on that. Uh -huh. my, my fashion line right now, I thought I was getting off to like finally like a good start because I've done it the wrong way so many times especially when it comes to like the specialized like patterns and like like high-end stuff like beyond like graphic clothes like shirts and stuff mm -hmm. so I finally like was got connected with you know through some people to like a manufacturing place like a factory in uh, Pakistan to like make my clothes that like I have I've had for years I mean I've been sitting on I just keep designing and designing clothes and like didn't have the right way to like you know maybe knowledge to like go about how to do it and mm -hmm. like you know design it and then manufacture it and then sell it at like a a cost that wasn't like a high-end one-off boutique cost which was like kind of like what i started doing mm -hmm. so i finally got off to the right start and it was like right before covid this is like pre-covid mm -hmm. and like sent all these patterns been working with like you know my seamstress like miranda this other guy um Matthew and like sent all these like patterns and stuff to Pakistan 
and started finally like having them make samples and send them back and like I'm like all right I'm finally on the right track here and then like COVID hit and I guess like it wasn't too bad for Florida but I guess definitely like the rest of the world and especially like Pakistan like these guys are messaging me like dude like we're not only like not working really right now he's like it's like so it's like a war zone over here. He's like, it's not like people aren't coming to the factory to work right now. Uh -huh. So like it got really held up. I'm yeah. actually in my process of getting all my samples back from them. Okay. Like years later. Cause uh -huh. they've just been like, before they rip him off, just stopped working. Oh yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> and that's a whole other thing is like, I kind of like rushed my whole clothing brand and everything back in like 2015. I did these shows in like LA and New York and was like, I'm just going to like make, you know, like a sample run of all my stuff and have these shows without really like any knowledge of like where I would do after that, after I showed all these people. And so I had these like, you know, I had these shows and they're, they're really cool. And I had fun. I had a show in St. Pete and then like probably like, it was like six months later, uh, I'm getting like messages from people and my DMs like, showing me these like Netflix shows that are like look like my designs of shirts and end up being like a few different like like three different shows on Netflix like stealing my clothes like my designs are like clearly my designs ripped off uh-huh so like I found a lot of ways of like how not to do stuff right so I'm still kind of like developing that but I mean it's like you want to be original and you want to show the worthy originality yeah. but if you show your cards too soon they can't imitate that shit in one second. They got like, the whole, yeah, right. like infrastructure I'm, production. I'm yeah. not, not even like a designer, but like, for example, I've done some like, you know, army jackets You've with patches in a cool, yeah. interesting way. And then all of a sudden I see that in China, they had replicated the jacket, even with my art on the back, hand painted as like, what the fuck, you know? Like that was what? a one-off that I made for myself and now they're selling it in, in China. What the fuck's going on? No so way, you've been ripped off hard. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So tell me, what interesting uh, designs did you make? Like, what, what, what's something that comes to mind where I was like, oh, I invented this, this pattern or this thing, and I was really proud of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you want to reveal your cards too soon or... No, I mean, yeah, I mean, those are already designers. I'm not going to say who, because they know who they are. Uh, like, already kind of, like, trying to... Um, the best way I can say it is kind of like do, they're trying to like do what I do before I can do it. Right. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So That's like, why I don't I show sketches anymore. There's some big designers out there. I hope you're watching this motherfucker. Because <laughs> like uh, basically it was like uh, the one thing that like really hit me when I first started designing was like to do like a face silhouette in the design of like the button line of a shirt. So instead of like a straight button line, it would be like this face outline and have like kind of like the eye be like a pocket. Uh -huh. And that was like, I was like, dude, I got to do this whole button up like line, like collection. But since then, it's been like ripped off by like, you know, numerous Netflix, like, you know, probably stylists or designers, other fashion designers that are like right now, like mm -hmm. still making stuff that looks like that. So, you know, these are all things that I guess like, when I do finally get my shit together and have like the production like proper, like everyone will see like where it really came from. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, I have like the, I have everything historically to back up that, you know, 
I came up with that shit. And they've, right. they've acknowledged it, too. Like, some people have, you know, given me shout-outs, like, you know, they got inspired by me or whatever. But who wants to go to court and be like, hey, I'm, I know. It's like, it's like, for what? Unless you were, like, ready to, like, invest, like, hard onto making a big line. I probably could have got some money out of, like, Netflix or something. Yeah. But I, I'm just not that type of dude. It sucks to go and fight for yeah. all that shit. I understand. Like, I get chances to really fight people who rip me off all the time, and I'm like, ugh, let the losers keep them, the whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather I just have this, a peaceful life. I heard this line one time, this, uh, this rapper currency, he said, uh, he said something like, a couple nugs is nothing to the grower. And uh, that's where I was like, well, like, people rip me off, but like, I like can make this shit up. Like, all you can do is like, emulate the style that like I, but I can keep making it like I'll I keep like coming that. up with ideas dude right yeah. I like that if you're abundant even if people come to take a little bite yeah. of your of your abundance still you you got so much more coming through and it's not ain't no fan yeah. you know like I like that saying you know yeah. a couple nugs ain't nothing for a grower Perfect. yeah exactly I'm gonna yeah. keep that one and that one inspired me too you know the simple little like dumb things like that will like inspire me I'm like yeah you know it is like fuck it uh-huh totally so you did fashion design and that kind of sprouted out the murals mm -hmm. did you get into muraling or were you also doing canvas paintings or canvas paintings came later or at the same time? Yeah, I guess it was about the same time. Mm -hmm. I started doing like um, little shows, like canvas paintings, yeah, murals. It was kind of like, it was all the same thing to me, except, you know, one's bigger, one's like smaller. But also different mediums, I imagine. Like uh, the canvases I saw of yours at Modern Art Theory Gallery, that gallery's name always is that. yeah it was jacob yeah <laughs> yeah jacob used to work with them now yeah. it's anders and rohan shout outs um but i saw your art in that gallery and i think that was acrylics right that was actually oil oil yeah, was okay oils, yeah. cool so you've been playing with different uh yeah. mediums and you try to sell the canvases in galleries or do you have more luck online man i don't I don't really, I guess, try to sell stuff as much as maybe I'll let other people try to sell it, like Jacob or, you know, other art galleries that want to, mm -hmm. you know, sell it. I just kind of, like, make stuff and kind of put it out there. You just like to make it. Yeah. And if it sells, cool. If not, but I like, honestly, I, I like keeping my stuff. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, you know how it is. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, a lot of things, like, even like this or, like, you know. These pieces, like, I like my stuff, so, like, if I don't sell it, I'm kind of, like, happy. Uh-huh. Like, you know, it's good to get, like, the money from it and live off of it, but also, like, you kind of develop these connections with your pieces when you make them, and then by the time, like, you're done, you're like, I want to, like, keep this. Like, I don't Yeah, wanna, no, I totally you know, understand like, that. I, 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 I love I, this piece. <laughs> not only I don't want to sell my piece many times, so I, I put outrageous prices, yeah. but I... But I, sure. buy, I buy them back many times, too. Yeah. I was like, oh, that piece that I really liked. And yeah, like getting the money for it helped me put a down deposit for something. But if I can get it back, I will. Yeah. And then it's back. It's my energy's back with me. It's like, oh. Yeah. So, so I totally get it. But at the same time, we got bills to pay. And, you yeah. know, there's that balance of the artist that, you know, we didn't start doing art for making money. Right. But you gotta afford sure. the fucking yeah. lifestyle to make this art. Yeah. Um, 
But mm -hmm. I, w I would think like what? Uh, Florida in general is quite good for selling art? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, especially if you're putting it out there, like kind of like how we are. Like I was back in, you know, when I first started, I was just like doing as many murals as I could in public. And then people were like hitting me up and like seeing it everywhere. And it's really just like a free billboard. Uh -huh. If you think about it like that, it's almost like worth it just to do free pieces. Right. You know, it's publicity and yeah. it gets your art out there. And the more you do it, the more you'll be asked to do it. Yeah. yeah. I had people come up to me like salty. I remember this one like salty older guy who was like in a wheelchair and I was doing this piece over on Central in St. Pete. And I was like up on the second story. It was like one of the uh, where there's like an upper part of the building and uh -huh. you can stand on the roof and do like the upper part. And he was under me and he came under and he's like, I see what you're doing. And I was like, what? And he's like, nah, I see what you're doing. He's like, you're just doing all these like free pieces everywhere to like promote your art. He's like, you're just like getting out of like paying for billboards and shit. And we like looked at it like I was being like shady. Yeah. And I was like, bitch, I'm like out here like giving people free art too. I'm not just like right. doing it like it's some selfish reason. I'm just like, nah, yeah. I want my art to like. Well, it's a win-win situation. Yeah, I was like, dude, it's good for you. Like, I'm having fun. People want to see it. Like it's all good for everybody. Like, right. Yeah. So you do feel like uh, giving to a community and doing some free murals actually ends up getting you some good contracts. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Yeah. Tell me about your uh, your technique, because um, I like your colors. <laughs> about what? what? Were you looking at this? <laughs> well, I, from the first time I saw you painting, I was like, oh, this motherfucker has a really interesting line work. Okay. Like, yeah. even here, like, can I even call this line work or dot work? So yeah, how do you do this? Is it a specific cap? Is it a way of holding the cap? Tell me your secrets. I mean, this is really like, <laughs> this was definitely inspired by like Os Gemos. Os Gemelos. Say, say Os Gemios. Gemelos. The twins. In Spanish it's Gemelos, but I don't know is how to say it in Portuguese. Gemelos. I've actually never known how to say their name. So did I move out of frame? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, them and like um, Cranio was the other guy I yeah. seen like doing these like really also Brazilian fine work, and I was just like, oh yeah, that's like a great way to like kind of almost replicate what to me felt like this sketchbook kind of look that I really liked. Where uh -huh. like I would be drawing my you know obviously designing murals and sketchbooks is like how I started before iPad and everything. So like that real fine line, almost like scratchy look. It's right. like how I drew stuff, and yeah. when I was translating it, it wasn't translating how I liked it when I was spray painting. Because it's so thick and strong. Yeah, it was so thick. And then I saw these guys like doing these spittle stuff. Like when I first went to Basel, they had a piece right there on like what was like second. Uh, you saw them in person? Uh, I, well, I just saw the the uh, art, the Gemos piece uh -huh. that was like right. It was like two thousand, maybe like fourteen Basel. It's gonna be fifteen, and they were like maybe. Well, and uh -huh. they were like right. It was like right on that little main strip by like uh, the Basel walls. They had like yeah. that piece. Windwood walls. And that's the first time I got to walk up on their piece. And I was like, damn, it's like these crazy spittle lines. And I really kind of like bit that. And I was like, damn, I'm about to like do some shit like that. This looks way cooler than like this well, thick fat line that well, I feel like was ruining my designs a lot. I've seen other Brazilians use that really fine line. So I wouldn't say you bit it. You just took one kind of line work and did yeah. your own thing with it. Right. But what do you use? To, what are those uh, caps that have the little 
tube at the end? Like the, uh, the mosquito, people call mosquito cap. Oh yeah? I don't use this. No? I just use whatever. You can make this spittle situation with, with, with any, a normal cap? With any cap. Uh-huh. I mean, some of them do better. Like this one, I, I don't even know what cap that was. But a lot of times I'll use like a fat cap. Like a you gotta, you gotta have a really strong finger for this because you gotta be like just pressing enough that something's happening, yeah. but so little yeah. that, you know, that any, anything else will actually make the whole fucking cap work as it should. Explode out. Like I'm yeah. surprised you didn't fuck up at any point. I mean, maybe I did, I might've fixed it. I don't know, I don't see like well, any points where you like exploded, at least in this piece. <laughs> But anyways, props to you on uh, on you. I, I I never really dare to do a messy because I, I, I with my murals I really want them really clean. I know your stuff's really clean. Uh, and I'm never satisfied. I'm always like, oh, I need another five to ten years to get it as clean as I'd like to. Right. That's but, how it is with spray paint. Right. It took me like five years uh -huh. to like paint how I kind of wanted to paint with it. Right. Is that how it was with you? How long have you been using spray paint? Um, I'd say like 15 years now. Yeah. Yeah, which I feel is still, I'm, I still feel new at spray paint uh, compared to somebody like my brother who's been doing it since the 90s. Okay. Uh, who has like 10 to 20 years over me. Yeah. So if he wants to do a circle, too, perfect circle, perfect straight line, no mistakes. Like the technique is so down in his muscle memory. Right. Me. It's about muscle I'm, memory. I'm getting, sure. I'm getting better, but I still make mistakes and you got to correct or you, your yeah. line didn't hit exactly where you wanted it or you didn't even get the right line or you're so tired after a day of feeling that the lines don't come it's out as crazy. Crisp. Yeah. Like after that, it's like, Fatigue. okay, I'm doing my black line and okay, yeah. that's good enough. But if you really want to be excellent, yeah. you got to kind of like, no, I'm going to really concentrate all the time. Uh, seems like you're doing good with that, but also in a loose way that uh, it's okay if it's kind of messy because that's yeah. kind of like your vibe. And that's kind of how I like made my style on purpose. Okay. Because I, I used to like really try to like make things perfect. And that was like, became such this like torturous process. It really dawned on me one time I was doing a show with my friend, um, you heard of like uh, MSG uh -huh. from Miami? Yeah. I did a show with my friend Hoxo and Pucho from MSG. Yeah, no. And I remember Hoxo. this line, Pucho said we were in this gallery in, uh, in Charlotte actually doing this show together. And he goes, you really like to punish yourself. And I was like, damn. I was like, yeah, I do. Like uh, subconsciously, I like punish myself. Why did he say that? Because I was just like really like, tediously making things, you know, like making it harder maybe than it had to be. Uh -huh. So then uh, that, that was one of those things that like, things that you people say that just stick with you, simple things. And I was like, dude, fuck it, I'm just gonna start. Cause I was already kind of on this path, but then I was like, dude, I'm just gonna be like. But what Hoxo does is a totally different combination. Oh, Him yeah. is all about like cap tricks that works really beautifully right. for his portals that he does. Yeah. Uh, but like, say if you're going for cleanliness, you gotta kind of like put in the time to clean, clean, clean. Yeah. I've seen artists that are all about the impeccability and I'm like, whoa, they're putting in like an extra day or two to really get that shit so fucking clean. And that's what it's all about. At yeah. the end of the day, like people are going to be seeing this mural perhaps for years and people are like, wow, that's killer. So that extra day or two, 
right. you know, matters for a better piece of art. Yeah. And does it matter if you put a couple extra days? Not late after, like on the, when you're doing it, you're maybe like, ugh, this shit's annoying, but yeah, depends what you want to deliver. Yeah, also sometimes I guess like it doesn't matter. Sometimes it does, yeah. Sometimes like that little bit of extra is like the cherry on top that will really set the piece off. Cause I know you've seen, we've all seen like pieces where you're like, man, if they just, you could just tell by look, being an artist, you can tell by looking at it. You're like, man, if they just did like a little bit more time on that, it would have really brought it to that next level. Right. So like, you know, it's like kind of like a give and take with that. So in that, me as an artist, I can perhaps judge it or qualify it as like, okay, that artist is not that experienced. Right. And, you know, like uh, it's like a spidey sense. Right. Well, you're like, oh, they didn't. You know, they didn't go all the way, you know, right. they didn't take it deeper or they're not there yet yeah. knowing that they should have uh, taken it deeper. And, you know, we all deserve those walls to learn on, too. Like, right. it's not like a bad thing. And then you can get really clean and be like, you know what? This is just annoying. I want to take it and go and make it kind of dirty on purpose. But mm -hmm. if it still looks dope, right. like, for example, like artists like Picasso or you know, uh, even Basquiat, which I believe you're a fan of. That's a good you example know, of that, that, dirty. That, yeah, shit got fucking messy, dirty, yeah. but it was so good at the same exactly. time. Because it was like pure vibes. Yeah, there's a- Pure originality. It's crazy. It's hard to almost explain. It's like you can tell when looking at someone's art, if they're doing like a style like similar to mine, where it's kind of like almost like naive or dirty you can almost tell if like they do have experience and could paint better if they wanted in like a traditional sense, mm -hmm. which like I can tell because I can do it. So like, I don't know, it's like sometimes you see people painting kind of messy and you're like, you don't have the same respect for it in your mind because you're like, you know that they couldn't paint yeah. traditionally better if they wanted to. It's, right. I don't know how to explain that. There's no. probably like a word for that. Yeah, no. Or a term I, or something. I don't, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. It's weird how you can tell by like, you're like, they're being kind of messy and sloppy on purpose. Right. And that makes it like cool again in my head. Yeah. Right. Because there is that style in, in, in spray painting. Like when I started doing spray painting, I wasn't good technically. Right. And, uh, but I had style because I, I, I had worked out my style on a canvas. So you pull so, it off. So when I went to the mural, yeah. I had a cool style, but my lines were off, my shading. Uh, like you could see, like, uh, I, I didn't master the cans yet. Right. But the style could carry it. Yeah. And then it was just like a, a progression exactly. of, of, yeah. of getting my can control down. And now that it's down and I know I can go clean. If I want to, I could just make it really messy and dirty. And sometimes when it's like a quick fish bomb around the world, I gotta go quick. And as long as it looks dope, yeah. that's all that matters. Right. Cause like it's it's the style that carries it. And I know, and I'm not trying to prove it onto anybody that, you know, I got my uh technique down. If yeah, you, you got your to. technique down. You and got you, your style down. And you got yeah. your style down and you got your technique down and you can go messy and still make it look clean. Because when yeah. I look at your mural from far away, it looks like, oh, look at the shadows and he's got the colors. Right. And then you, when you come close, it's like, oh shit, this is like a really messy line. Yeah. But obviously <laughs> this is like, you know, really yeah. well thought out. Yeah, there's like a, that's, that's so fun to me, man. I love that. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like, uh, I don't know how to explain it. I, w I used to think it was like, if you just get the colors and stuff and it like about the right area, you show to people subconsciously that you know what you're doing, uh -huh. but it doesn't have to be perfect and it still uh -huh. gives the same effect. Right. 
You know what I mean? Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that you're uh, having fun with your juxtapositional styles, yeah. colors, messages. Um, Tell me about your, your, your clients. Like, where do you paint murals? You paint murals for uh, perhaps uh, local head shops or at music festivals or parties. Like, what's mm. your clientele like? Uh, my clientele is mostly um, people that just like to have fun. So it could be like, you know, just like a random citizen or a corporation or really anyone that kind of wants to have fun with my pieces because I feel like uh, the more fun I have making it, the more that will kind of like come through to the person seeing it. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw you and I was looking for the name of the, of the party because oh. uh, I saw some videos of you doing these really crazy rave parties. What was it called? Dreamland? Oh, or Slumberland. Slumberland. I didn't write it yeah. down, so I was like, where is the name of this thing? Uh, is that like a, like, first of all, where is that? It looks crazy. Yeah. And uh, is that like a kind of party you do often or is that a one-off or is, like, is that the scene that you so, go to? I mean, it might be uh, a yearly thing, like an annual thing right now. So it's kind of like in conjunction with EDC, uh, Orlando, the okay. Electric Daisy mm -hmm. Carnival. So basically it's like a hotel uh, that you stay you can stay there and also kind of be like a secondary festival to that. So uh, it's when like you a leave, yeah, uh. you leave EDC, it's like another festival you can stay at. The at the same time or yeah, after? At the same time. Oh, whoa. So you because wake there's up. Such, there's such a yeah. big population for EDC. You wake up if you did go to sleep and then <gasps> party, you know, go to EDC, come back because the EDC is over like, you know, Midnight or uh, something like that. So you come back or so maybe the, one or something. So when everybody is like jacked up on yeah, like, you, you don't know, want the party to be done. At, on Molly, they're even like, at two o'clock, the party ain't done. When you're like, oh, so it's like an after party on whatever people are on at EDC, then you come back and then now there's like parties going till the morning or like uh -huh. the music goes till like three or five or something, depending where it is. And then even after that, then there's like the renegade like sets that are happening in like you know uh -huh. different hotel rooms or people are throwing so like you don't have to sleep if you don't want to you could just party all night or whatever right. so that was something i got involved with with um really it was like my lady's like baby daddy okay which is like kind of wild to me to start with i was like so like he was kind of having these these parties or whatever doing the same type of thing with this other guy they had kind of a falling out and he wanted to make a new thing and he liked my art and he was like, yo, would you be interested in like, you know, doing the art for, you know, this type of hotel festival idea. Uh -huh. And, you know, initially I was kind of like, ah, I don't know. And then, you know, and then I was like, you know, fuck it. Like the benefits are there. Rayma kind of like also kind of talked me into it. And then I was like, yeah, fuck it, dude. Like let's design like this crazy hotel party. Like, so what did that entail? Uh, like, I, is it like murals or installations, sculptures? Yeah, just stuff like this. Like, this is part of it. What this, is this? This is like a piece. This was actually a nipple, a nipple cover. Uh-huh. Made out of um, high density styrofoam and then it's hard coated uh, and so, painted. I painted it. So you, you grab a big chunk of styrofoam and you yeah. cut it or how does this yeah. work? You do the arms and stick it or? Yeah, my buddy. Um, 
He's actually like a really well-known like sculptor school. His name's Kumpa. Uh -huh. He schooled me on like, you know, the idea of like, I was coming to him actually, I met at a live painting thing. Uh, I was painting like a truck and he was painting a sidewalk. Like neither of us were doing sculpture. And we started kind of like talking. He was like a really cool dude. He's, he's Thai. Um, and uh, I started showing him. I was like, yo, I have all these like other ideas or whatever, things I want to do. And I found out he was a sculptor. And he's like, yo, come by my studio. I had all these like furniture pieces I wanted to make. And he's like, yo, come by. I'll show you how to like make whatever you want out of foam. Uh -huh. And then that's when I kind of like realized like this whole world opened up of like theme parks and everything that is actually made of foam. I didn't realize like with probably fiber plastic. Yeah, kind of fiber yeah, glass yeah. It top? could be fiberglass. It could be um, with a, if you like had the these, proper budget. These resin hard coats. Right. Like there's there's a few different techniques to make it hard. Uh -huh. But then you know when you go to like Harry Potter world or you know Disney or whatever, like all these big sculptures are foam a lot of the times. Maybe with like an armature inside. Uh -huh. And then you know they're hard coated and painted. I didn't like realize like holy shit. I was like I can make anything. Uh -huh. with foam or like you know big as i want it doesn't have to be like metal or so wood. once again did you carve this or did you just kind of like spit some foam out of some can that created these shapes and then polish it no 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 this is all this is all carved right from a block i'll show you there's like a it's like big blocks of styrofoam uh-huh and they're a little bit more dense than like a normal styrofoam that would be like in a packing when you take it out of like a tv uh, package it's a little more like uh, dense I gotcha. But you can still use that. And you can cut it with a knife? Yeah, you can take it like a knife. And Koopa showed me all these techniques of like, you know, uh, sawing at it with like a knife or like saw blades or, you know, however, whatever, any means right. necessary you needed to get the shape. And then you sand it and you know, get the exact shape you want. Cool. So you made all these sculptures for that party. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Did they pay, all, pay well for all that work? So, I mean... It was like a first year thing, so I mean, it maybe didn't get as paid as well as I would have liked to because I was kind of more in it for, um, you know, what's the... Experience, exposure. Yeah, that, and, you know, invested more uh, percentage-wise. Uh -huh. So that was like more of like a risk on my part, you know, just to take that. So, um, you know, hopefully like next year it will do like a little bit better. And uh -huh. I think it will because you kind of like for a first year, especially a festival, you kind of have to like prove yourself. Right. And, you know, it wasn't like a full festival either. It was like a hotel. Right. It's like a proof of festival. concept. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I think next year people are going to be like, damn, that shit was so cool last year. And, you know, then I'll bring like a bunch of new things I'm doing this year that I, we, you know, couldn't maybe didn't have the budget to do this the first time or right. afford, you know, to be able to do. Uh -huh. So I did as do I did as much as my little heart could fucking do for, for the this pleasure thing. of doing for, some beautiful art. For not that much uh -huh. of money to even make it, and like you uh -huh. know, I called out all the all the homies and favors of like, yo, like help me do this fucking make this shit as cool as possible, and like you'll at least be able to go and have fun. Like uh -huh. maybe not get paid, <laughs> but right. like, you know, just for the experience of it. Yeah. Was it worth it in the end? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah nice. A lot, of, a lot of good things. Like, cause then you like, you know, how like you at least have like that to show that you can do that thing. So I have a lot of jobs like that where like maybe uh -huh. I don't make that much money cause I, I blow the whole budget on making it as cool as possible just to kind of prove to myself and prove to people that I could like do something like that. Uh-huh. Well, it seems like you're always coming up with original uh, concepts 
yeah. and by doing it, you prove that you can do it, and hopefully yeah. somebody else wants to invest and, and, and make it to the next level. Tell me about your artistic inventions. It seems like you got all these like quirky <laughs> little <laughs> concepts, like your sunglasses that are two little doors or two little windows that yeah. open up. Um, tell me a little bit about that. And what's your, your favorite ones? Uh, my favorite ones of my inventions? Probably my, a lot of my favorite ones I probably haven't even made yet, dude. I have like fucking, I mean, I'll show you later when we get done. Like, right. Sketchbooks are just like silly shit that are like uh -huh. so fun. I mean, dude, the window glasses, one of my favorite things though. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite things. The face silhouette shirt. Um, it's hard to think like right on the spot of like my favorite. Yeah, you, you shared a video recently on your Instagram where I made like a little thing. Life yeah. and art, and there was all these really cool, inventions. quirky inventions. Yeah. That you had, and you're like, oh, the basketball so hat was one of my favorite. Uh huh. Instead of like a brim, is like a basketball hoop that I got from actually like a Publix or something. They sell these little like basketball hoops in the aisles, uh -huh. and I was like, damn, that'd be so cool if that was like the brim of a hat. You could like. Uh -huh. Put basketball and like shoot them at people's heads and shit. <laughs> but yeah, if you guys want to show a clip of that real quick. Yeah, Paulina will, <laughs> will put all the B-roll about this stuff. Throw it to the clip, Paulina. <laughs> you know, she'll, can we she'll, say that? She'll, she can say it if you want, but she'll naturally. She'll uh, do it anyway. Okay. By the way, Paulina Cassati, my girlfriend, she's the new editor of the show. Woo! Paulina, get on the. Throw, get in the clip real quick. She'll, she'll stay in the back. Paulina's cool as hell. <laughs> All right. Pauline is back here holding it down behind the scenes. If anything, I'll take Moving a little. Behind the camera. I'll, I'll, I'll do a little clip of behind the scenes with Paulina. You. I'm gonna do um, a but uh, a behind the scenes and behind the scenes with Chris and Paulina. This yeah. is live right now. This is oh live. Live and direct. Holy shit, my hair looks crazy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised your microphone is still picking up anything. It's buried. I know, it's all muffled. Yeah. Speaking of uh, hair, though, how'd you get your hair to look so like nice and like fluffy and curved like that? I don't know. I think Did it's, you do that? You had to. You worked on it a little bit, didn't you? No. You woke up like that? I wake up like that. Yeah, it's weird. I, I haven't had a short hair since I was, I don't know, 16 years old. I'm okay. 44 almost now. You used so, to have dreadlocks, right? I used to have dreadlocks. So maybe I think the dreadlocks got used to always like spinning into all these dreads. And now when it's growing, it's kind of like spinning into some, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> it just grows up like Marge Simpson, right? Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps going up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm figuring it out. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with my hair these days. No, I'm it looks nice. It, it looks nice though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm being a, like a normal human kind of. Um, so back to your art. Is there like some <laughs> kind of uh, general direction or goal you got with it? Or you're just following your intuition and doing things as they arrive into your uh, inspiration? I guess like the ultimate goal would be to like have some type of like community, like, um, you know, like a hybrid of like a community mixed with like a theme park kind of idea. It was like what I would really like to do. Mm -hmm. So like maybe like design some like 
buildings or apartments or right. hotels and some rides and almost like incorporate them together. Right. So like don't that. bite that if you also like, if you have the way to do that really quick, like or just wait for me to do it a little bit or maybe help me do it. Right. Com combination. <laughs> so let's work uh, together on that. Don't just bite that. This is the right man for the job. And if anything, Meow Wolf, don't sleep on oh, uh, dude, St. Meow Petersburg. Oh, so fucking great. Dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd, you'd be great for a Meow Wolf room or, or, or little area. And yeah. I, I think we got a friend who's going to do her own version of that in St. Petersburg. So we'll connect you oh, with really? uh, our friend Entity Sam. Oh, no. Uh, Entity Holler at me. Where you at? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, let's hope it works. I also dream of the day I can do a room at uh, Meow Wolf, you know, yeah. in my own style. A bunch of broken skateboards and... Yeah, you know, dude, that would be like so cool. Video game, toy madness, like. Have you thought about something like that, like really, like? Yeah, I thought about it, but like I don't know any other meow wolf or how to approach him or how to be like, hey, because I'm sure they have like a million people who go be like, hey, give me a room too, and I yeah. don't want to be like, I'm gonna kind of like wait till like, oh, we know Chris Dyer, we like his work, let's see if he's down to do something with us. Uh, mm. Till then, I'm busy with everything else. But uh, yeah, hopefully one day these yeah. things manifest for us. Yeah. So, Sebastian, tell me about your family life because you're an artist and uh, you have a partner. Is she your wife or a girlfriend? I mean, not technically. Yeah, yeah I guess girlfriend. But yeah, yeah I mean, we're together. So. And you have three kids. Once again, yeah. like I don't know if technically or for real, but. Yeah, no, we don't have any kids together. So I had two kids from like my previous uh -huh. relationship and she has her kid. So, I mean, now we're kind of like a blended family in that sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. How is it living from your art and supporting a family of five? Hmm. It's, it's pretty fun. It can be challenging sometimes, you know, also the balance of it. You know, it can be, you know, but I found like, you know, I've had a lot of practice since, you know, my kids are seven and eight now. So I have many years to kind of like more refine the balance of that. Cause there's times where it was like, I mean, I was working too much and it wasn't working enough. And now it's like a, a pretty good balance of like, I'm pretty, you know, I try to be with my kids as much as possible and like be influencing them positively and, you know, helping them see the world in a way with like without boundaries and like things that maybe like we grew up with like many boundaries and like not a lot of people saying like you can just do whatever you want like that's also an option like i never heard that growing up so i'm just like really enforcing that with my kids i'm like yeah but like you could just kind of like do whatever it doesn't matter mm -hmm. you have fun so you know i try to you know, be with them like during the day when they go to bed, I'll work on the weekends, like when they're with their mother, that's also work time, you know, things like that to like balance it and really be there for them. And, you know, so it's be, not like a really fun, cool, great dad that's there for you. And also when I'm not there, the next time you come over, you're seeing like all this crazy shit I made and like being like, oh shit, like you can just do whatever with life. Like that's what uh -huh. I want to like show them. Right. Well, I think that's very uh, courageous to continue doing your own uh, dream and your kid life. Because yeah. I think artists are just kids that allow themselves to continue playing. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and, and holding space for the kids. But, you know, I find like you must 
feel and be very abundant mm -hmm. to manifest like a nice studio like this, a nice house, a mm -hmm. nice family. Wow. Yeah. Doing this crazy art thing. Yeah. Especially when you're trying to push uh, your own limits of yeah. what you can create, not even knowing if you can make money out of it. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. It's I just kind of trust in like the whole like direction and like, I guess like, you know, universe or, you know, whatever it is, I just kind of like have faith in that like it'll work. Some kind of spiritual guidance. Yeah, I don't know really what it is. It's just kind of like, uh, I just like, maybe it's because I don't really like worry too much. And I'm just like, nah, like, it'll, like, it'll work out. Like, whatever it is, like, if I just keep doing what I'm supposed to do, which is, like, making art and, you know, being a good dad and, like, being there for people, the kids, the community, people who, like, need things like art in their daily life to maybe, like, help them get through their life. Like, if I just keep doing that type of stuff, it'll work out somehow. And it just keeps working out somehow. So, like, I just keep doing it. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know how it's working out, but it is. Uh -huh. It's crazy. Like, look, looking back, especially looking back, you're like, damn, dude, like, if I would have, uh, you know, when I first started, like, quitting my job, sleeping on my friend's couch, that one day it would just, like, kind of work out. It's like, I kind of had the feeling it would, but, like, knowing that, like, looking back, it is pretty wild. But, like, yeah, like, damn, it actually worked out. Uh -huh. Maybe it's because I just wanted it to, and I believed it would. Right. You're a powerful man. Huge art group orgies. Ah. Have you done it? No. Okay. Uh, 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 an orgy? Honestly. Fucking with art? Uh, no, they're not an orgy of any kind. <laughs> sounds cool, though. Sounds cool. Sounds very messy, though. <laughs> um, so you were telling me about your if you had a spiritual belief mm, or okay. knowing or guidance that helps you cruise through the unknowns of being an artist and trying new things and running a family and a business. Yeah, I guess one thing that happened um, when I was about eight, eight or nine years old, I was in my room and I just had this like vision of like, it's almost like, I don't know if it was just from things I'd seen before or something, because it's kind of like stereotypical, I feel like, that like this vision of just like all these like cameras taking pictures of me and it's like flashing light type of thing, like almost like paparazzi like, type, like getting out of like a limo or something, like that type of those cameras. I had this like vision of that. And I was like nine years old and I was like, oh shit, like I'm going to be like famous for something. Mm -hmm. I just like realized that and then since that point I was like trying to always like guess what it would be for and so like at first I was like uh, you know running through all these things like through my childhood from then to like out of high school I still never thought I would be like an artist even though I always did art and drew through this whole time and made art I was always like thinking maybe I would be like a chef or like then I like went through like the whole like being into like jackass and like that type of stuff, like you would be like a stuntman or like a comedian or an actor, and like the whole time I'm doing art through all this, and then it kind of hit me like one day I was like I should just make art. I was like I've been doing this the whole fucking time. Maybe I should just be like art is what I should just do for like 
you know, like for my life. So then I just kind of like trusted it, and you know, ideas would keep coming to me of like things to make. And that's one thing maybe that like is kind of unexplainable, and maybe you also feel like that is like you can't really explain what makes you want to do it. It's like you just feel like you need to be doing art, and like you need to be like making things. And I don't think that there's things that like happen for everyone. I don't know if everyone feels like that. Maybe they just don't act on it. I also want. What makes you? What makes you like want to do it? It's hard to explain. You're like you just feel like you should. Like I don't know. Look, I can't speak what for what's the experience of being anyone outside yeah. of myself. What but as me, I always felt like oh. There's something special out there. There's like some special juice, and I'm yeah. doing something important. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep on being myself and doing my thing, and everything will be fine. But then I'm like, well, is that an arrogant thought mm-hmm. that I'm by being special? Am I thinking I'm any better than anybody else? Or maybe everybody is special, but they don't listen to themselves and feel that they right. just think they're another extra in a movie as opposed to being the star of their movie. And what will that hero do? Save the world, do something nice for others, or be a villain, Mm. or be an extra in the back. I would like to think that we get to choose, you know, what role we take on our life by the actions that we do. Yeah. What, What makes you, have you ever done DMT and seen something that maybe like gave you a clue about the... Um, I haven't done DMT a lot. I'd say like... Uh, Maybe like any type of... Well, mind I, any thing that made you... Give you a clue? Well, that I've done a lot. <laughs> um, when I do DMT, or... It just What's takes that? me to another dimension. What's this? What's DMT? DMT. Oh, DMT. Yeah, when I have done it. I have done it. Oh, not yeah. a lot, but like... Oh, okay. When I have done it... Actually takes me where ayahuasca takes me many times. Okay. And is this fractal dimension where these beings live in some kind of matrix mm-hmm. that things are okay. They're like a tribe of consciousnesses that live together as one and they're my friends what? and they're cheering for me and I'm <laughs> part of them. Yeah. But then I'm like in this video game, and that all of that is like like right here, right now. But I can't see it because the veil is separating from it. But with the MD, it's like whoop. Then I'm I'm with it, and I'm I'm I am it. And uh, remembering how special it is outside of this virtual reality video game reminds me to come back and be like, oh, let's play the game full forcefully. Let's fucking yeah. make some magic. Yeah. You know, let's, What's that look like when you say these, they're cheering for you? What's that like visually? What do you see? Like you see these things, then they're like. What I don't they, see entities. I feel them. You feel I them. I never okay. see like a bee with a face or a, okay. a, a, a elves as turns my head. I would say I never see like, but I feel them there. Yeah. They're kind of like they're not even like they don't have bodies. They're just kind of like souls. And I feel they love me, and they, I feel they want to heal me, so they're like repairing me. While I'm there, they're like fucking shifting things around and, wow. you know, helping me be less crazy. Um, yeah. And uh, whatever healing I can bring upon myself, hopefully it helps me be a better person that then I can bring healing upon others. And then if we're all healing each other, this world or this 
duality uh, realm can be more tolerable and more enjoyable. Yeah. Um, so that and yeah, art is one of my tools or weapons, but. Uh, as much as I consider myself to be an artist, uh, that's not the end all of me. You know, there's more to me, and I don't even know what it is I'm finding okay. out. You know, same as you, I imagine. Yeah. You're still uncovering what's the essence of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for and, sure. And we will find that out. Um, I just try to like stay rooted in the the child like nature of my like curiosity and exploration of like the world and the way I see mm -hmm. everything um, from you know big uh, outlooks on things to like very small like if you have like followed my Instagram page for like many years you'll see like I'm very interested in like the smaller world of like bugs and like little the little worlds that we often overlook and like, you know, like those small creatures and like, you know, seeing like their whole world from their perspective and realizing that like, you know, above us is like another grand, you know, world that we can't see because we're also viewing our world from our own platform and our own space and dimension and there's something above us that's probably looking at us like, you know, it, interested and curious about our little world and things that we're moving in probably just keeps like spiraling out from like there and like I think we're kind of like a TV show yeah. inside a spaceship yeah like there's a very large amazing spaceship on another dimension on a different frequency yeah and all of what, what we live here is like a TV show that they can like tap into like oh yeah. what's happening on channel Chris what's happening yeah. on channel Sebastian what's was happening that, on channel was that, you guys ever on the South Park episode uh episode like that long really? time ago Huh. Uh, I, I just saw that once on a like a, on a mushroom trip. I feel like oh, man, I feel like my my life is like, is like a TV show for some aliens yeah. and humanity. Humanity is yeah. like a mega TV show, and we're on season finale, and they're just like biting their nails, like, "Ooh, what's gonna happen with humanity? Yeah. Are they gonna, gonna self destroy each other? Yeah. Are they gonna find the healing? Are they gonna wake up? What yeah. will happen? You know, yeah, it's crazy down there." <laughs> And, and it's so fractal and there's so many channels through each each one of us is a channel yeah. for that that show uh, or like a different camera angle and a different consciousness trying to figure out the puzzle yeah. and the video and stuff yeah it's very beautiful yeah, that, that is wild because one thing I did want to say about the DMT though why I brought that up was um, I've always had like I would stay up uh, I mean I still do I stay up till like you know three four five in the morning sometimes when I'm like really kind of trying to come up with like an idea for something I'll lock in I'm like something I want to design or create whether it's clothes or you know like a building or you know a mural or interior piece and I'll stay up and it always happens around like this like two to like four a.m. mark and I always felt like it was because the rest of like the world around me was like sleeping Mm -hmm. And that's when these ideas could come through, like, unfiltered mm -hmm. from, like, the universe or something. And I always felt like there was, like, this spiral about 3 a.m. above me. And it would just start, maybe it's because I'm thinking that it happens, but it would feel like this, like, this universe spiral was, like, coming through, like, a tornado. And it would just, like, spiral in these, like, ideas. And they would, like, hit me. And they still do. Like, they hit me, like, uh, almost with, like, I'm being shocked by, like, lightning or something. And it was like, boom, this idea would hit. Mm. And then so one time, 
at and and I had this, like, vision of, like, this, like, being. You know, some people say they see, like, these beings. It happened one time. I saw, like, uh, I was, like, laying there, and I saw this, like, massive, like, being that was, like, it seemed like it was, like, ten stories tall from, like, the waist up. And he was, like, and I say he, it was just whatever, just, like, some being. And it was, like, going, it was, like, grabbing. I see his arm reaching for me to, like, what seemed like across the horizon, like, far away. It would pick up this, like, little, like, cube or something. And it would, like, bring it all the way back, like, really far. And then just, like, put it in me. And then, like, reach far again and grab another one. And then put it in me. And then I was, like, I just realized then it was, like, these ideas. Mm. And I was like, dude, these are like, yeah, what I thought, maybe I just totally made it up in my head, or maybe I really, is like a real thing that happens on another dimension, but it felt like something from the universe was like giving me ideas. And right. they, were, they were like gifts. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can totally see that being a reality. It's kind of like a yeah. coded download of yeah. concepts, and if we open up and channel from good intentions, well, there's good intention beings in yeah. the universe. Uh, hopefully, they are able to uh, manifest their concepts through us. We become yeah. the paintbrush in their hands. Yeah. And hopefully, these beings are well-intentioned uh, beings that want to help humanity. So then we can become well-intentioned yeah. humans that help humanity through the flavor of art that we bring. Yeah, I think that the good intention is probably a big part of it. Because like you said, it was like we never... Got into it for the money. Like, I have a friend, uh, I don't know if he'll appreciate me saying this line, but uh, his name's Kevin Brady. He did like a lot of this stuff for like sculptures, really amazing sculpture. Have you met him? No. Dude, I gotta introduce you guys. So he's like, he has a little place over on Central. Uh-huh. But he did some stuff for, like the Dali Museum, very, very talented sculptor, not like visionary. And he told me one time, he's like, dude, if I got into art for the money, I would have killed myself a long time ago. Uh-huh. And I was like, it. Like, I never really thought of it quite like that, but I was like, damn, you're right, bro. I was like, if I would've gotten this for money, like, I would've, like, been sad and depressed. Like, it's not about that. Like, yeah, that's great things that come with it. And obviously, like, I would love to be, like, stupid, rich, and wealthy and be able to make more ideas and things. Like, not just be rich for the fuck's sake of having shit, but, like, just to be able to make things that I want to make. Right. Like, I think it's going to happen. Like, I feel like if I want that, it'll happen, so. Right. I just want to make cool shit. I don't see why not. Uh, same here. And life's got its ups and downs, and there's lessons in every step. Right. But, you know, when you know you're destined to do something for humanity, nothing can stop you yeah. to at least trying your best. Yeah. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't matter, because at least you tried and gave it your all, and you were happy in that process. Right. Uh, it's not about, like... Uh, and you never really arrive there. It's not like a goal like, oh, when I do this project for this client, right. then I will be good enough. It just keeps going. Man. You know, there's always the next fucking right. little project that makes you happy. And, and, yeah. and it's, uh, I guess, like the combination of all the things you brought into the planet while you were alive yeah. that makes an impact or a ripple. And as long as we're happy, yeah, like, of course, we don't want to be like starving, but we're blessed in mm-hmm. these, you know, these beautiful countries that we live in. And, we're allowed to fucking paint some trippy shit on a canvas. And, right, and dude, how crazy is that? It is very it's, weird. It's and wild, man. We're very lucky. We're very lucky, dude. Yeah. Like, for real. Like, to be able to just, like, paint crazy, 
fun and shit on a wall and like have that be our life. It's and like, people like it, people like us, uh, yeah. we get invited to these things and do the thing that we love. Uh, the role of the artist is very blessed. As much as it has a lot of hard work right. and challenges, exactly. don't always get what you want. Right. You know, you fail many times and that's just part of it. And you yeah. have to be resilient through it and you gotta be grateful through the bad times too. Yeah, exactly. That's just life. Um, tell me a little bit, um, I was talking about your family and then we got into the whole conversation of the abundance, but um, does your family participate in your art making or is it like a separate entity? Does your partner Raima uh, become part of your art or expression? Um, Do you keep family and art separate or, or is it all kind of bleed, bleed in a little bit? Um, I mean, it's it's separate a lot of the times, but maybe when I go off and like do projects and things, it'll be like maybe without the family, but it definitely does bleed over and we definitely mutually like inspire each other for sure. Like I feel like I'll see things like, you know, like we'll be, I'll be drawing with my kids and see things they're doing and like really like feel that and be able to like, that's the biggest blessing of really having like my kids for the art sake side of it is like the blessing is being able to like see the world through a child's eyes again which is so big dude like uh just like seeing they seeing things like they're inspired by and the way they look at the world it, it i've already kind of look at the world like as much as a child as i can but when you like re-see it through their eyes you're like oh yeah like that's what it's like to like really see that for the first time and like then you like hit you and you're like oh my god like that is a really beautiful way to look at something, but yeah, I think we like definitely inspire each other and you know, I draw with my kids all the time. We do like little like art projects. Um, they definitely, they come out, like if I do a mural off site or something, they'll come out and uh, you know, check it out. Sometimes I'll let them like paint a little bit, but I mean, there's a little bleed over and blending and stuff as far as that's concerned, but you know, a lot of times it's just, you know, Papa's like making some like crazy shit, and that's just like kind of what he does. And, like, so it's not like you're training them to be artists themselves. Yeah, I mean, I definitely am as far as like uh, making art and stuff. I definitely will like push stuff and like try to like get them to explore their own creativity and you know, give them like tools to like try things that I never got to try when I was their age and you know, things that I didn't discover until like, maybe high school, like mm. clay or you know, different like mediums like that I'll, I'll just be like I do feel like that's like the one probably the biggest blessing that maybe I will give them is like you know being able to like explore different types of like mediums and try things out and even if it's not directly like a visual art like even like you know, music because I never really had that either like music growing up like instruments or anything so I'll be like you know getting like random instruments or things that make music or anything to express themselves so, I mean, I feel like that's, I don't know, that's kind of like, I feel like it'll help them. I feel like, you know, having like little things like that, that you got to try and like think back to what in my childhood I didn't have exposure to that I probably would have liked. And you guys uh, started uh, raising squirrels recently too, right? <laughs> yeah, dude, so, you know, this is Florida. We got, we got hurricanes coming through here every once in a while. And the last past one, I think it was like Ian. Were you here for that? Before right, we got I, here. It's like a week before I moved. Yeah, yeah. So that one came 
And we were actually kind of out like playing around in the storm, me and my kids, and I saw this like big, uh, like a, almost looked like a tumbleweed in the front yard. It was like by the sidewalk. And I was like, that's gotta be a nest of something. Like I couldn't tell it was a ball. I never seen a nest quite like it. And I, I kind of broke it open and there was like this pink little thing. It was like a baby animal. I was like, I couldn't tell if it was a bird, you know, a raccoon. I didn't know what the hell it was. It was just a pink little no. It had just been born. Fetus, almost. You know, yeah. and like that squirrel got unlucky. No, so we found this. It ended up being a baby squirrel. And the wildest part was we had just kind of became friends with our neighbor across the street, this girl Allie. And she came out and saw us like out in the storm. She's like, yeah, like, what are you guys doing? Whatever. Because it looked like we were like looking for something. Because I could hear another one. I heard the squeak, and we were trying to look for this other baby squirrel. So and I was like, yeah, we found a baby squirrel. And it was so windy and like chaotic. She didn't hear me. She was like, yeah, I rehab baby squirrels. I was like, no, like we found a baby squirrel. And we just kept saying that back and forth for a minute. I was like, no, like, we have one. And she's like, oh my God, like I rehab them. So she ended up having like everything you needed to raise a baby squirrel, which was like this crazy, like uh-huh. coincidence, you know, of, like it was meant to be, you know, for sure. And she had like, you know, baby nipples and like uh-huh. heaters and, you know, everything we needed. So she like let us borrow all this stuff and we ended up raising this like infant days old baby squirrel to you know mature baby squirrel lives out in the yard now and then we got another one uh when it was like a child to kind of be with it from another rehabber because they i guess they do better when they're they're supposed to be raised in groups you know little like you know uh-huh. sets of you know babies so that they learn so they're out in the yard now and yeah, now we're we're squirrel parents now that's just really fun all right well we're coming to the end of our show. Uh, would you have some final words of wisdom or some, um, you know, advice to young artists who might be tuning into this uh, this interview? All right, so young artists, if you're tuning into this interview and you don't know, like maybe what you want to do or what direction to go with things, I would just say just trust in what you believe. Don't listen to anybody else even if it's like your closest loved ones that have your best interests in mind they just love you and if they're telling you not to do things don't listen to them and just do what you feel is right in your heart no matter what even if you gotta be you know struggle for a little bit to do it or if you don't that's great but like yeah just do what you do what you gotta do and just trust in yourself because like I feel like the mind is like a very uh, calculated computer in the sense of like um don't second guess yourself because your brain's calculating these things faster than you can really comprehend and like the things that you think that you should do you should be doing not second guessing them and don't listen to you know because i i had that struggle for a while with like my parents when i was like i'm gonna go gather up all this free paint from like these uh chemical spots and you know paint big murals for free and you know of course a parent is going to be like, why well, you should be getting paid. Why are you doing this stuff for free? And it's like, well, yeah, but like, I just feel like I need to do it. I need to prove to everyone and myself that I can do these things. And then the jobs will come and the money will come from it. But you have to prove it. Uh-huh. And you have to like figure it out. And you have to do these things that you feel are like that you should do. And it's hard not if someone that really loves you. It's hard not to like take that into consideration. But like you have to like 
Um, they're like, fuck off, you know, maybe not verbally, but they, they're like, fuck off, like, do, like, don't listen to that, like, do your thing. Right, totally. I almost uh, think, like, I, I don't know if, uh, if, does your brand have a name or is it just Sebastian Kuhl? It's just Sebastian. Okay. But if you ever had a brand name, I think PLC would be perfect for you. Yes. Proof, proof of concept. Yeah. yeah, now let's prove yes. yeah, yeah, let's prove that anything can be done. Yeah. Like, I don't even have to do the project. I just want to prove to you that I yeah, can do exactly. it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's the big thing is like, just honestly, if you really get to yourself, you can do it. Uh-huh. And like, you know, that's the main thing is like, just do it for you. Like, just have fun. And other people will feel that. Like, when they see it, they'll, they'll feel like someone had fun doing it. Just like, you know, when I look at art, I can tell like, Someone had fun doing that, you know, if I feel it. You know, I don't know how to explain that, but you can feel it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so the interview is done now. You want to go to that, art, uh, that toy store close by here? Yeah, we'll go check out the toy store and maybe check out some comics. Maybe pick something up. We'll see what's going on. What, what are you into in that store? That store has a lot. Dude, you want to see real quick? Uh, I brought some shit in here. Sure. This is my like favorite little like stash right here mm-hmm. of comics and stuff I'm into, and then you'll maybe get like a little feel for like my whole style. So like, our Chrome, right? Big influence, right? Uh, so I have a lot of like early Chromes. It's like 1968. Oh, they're like, you know, all these like random mag, you know. Underground mm-hmm. comics from you know back in the day. This is my favorite stuff. Baltimore's yeah. Boards, Snatch. I actually got this from the comic board, comic book store across the street. It's uh-huh. Biffy. Wow. Gasm. Then I got a bunch Mr. of like, Na- Natural. Yeah, Mr. Natural. All the good this all the one. This one's a super classic. Yeah. Actually, I just got that from the store across the street. They had a fifty percent off sale, so that's where we're gonna go. Right. Right bucks, so you bought this for twenty bucks. Yeah, I got that for 20 bucks yeah. across the street. That's great. I yeah. would want this for my fucking wall. This is a, such a classic. Yeah, bro. Uh, my friend Mark Henson uses this uh, this one for his uh, slideshow. Really? Yeah, he shows that one. Yeah, These it. are great. Oh, yeah. old Zap. Yeah, bro, check it out. I wanted to show you this shit. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, thank you so much for yeah, dude, for really checking out. Also, I found this um, tire swing on the side of the road. I wanted to like... Let's push, maybe push each other in. Let's check it out. Let's go to the comic, uh, comic <laughs> shop, toy store on a tire swing with wheels on it. Yeah, uh, let's go. And uh, uh, let me say bye to these these homies who've been watching. Hi, if you're still watching, I hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Make sure to like the the episode. That helps the algorithm. Even better, comment. What do you think of Sebastian? What do you think of his art? What do you think of his words? Uh, how about you share it on Facebook and all these other places? And obviously, you're already a subscriber, but if you haven't, please do that. I'm working really hard to do these beautiful interviews with awesome artists, and I'll see you next time. Blessings! Much Woo! love, everybody. Thank you. Yo, yo, yo. Next episode, Satsang! Watch what happens to your relationship, particularly with your partner. When you know how to be vulnerable and soft and open, you know, it's like I see so many relationships that that hit walls or fail and split because this pride thing says like, nope, I'm not opening. I won't do it. Like I'm standing my ground. It's like, no, man, 
open up and see what happens, you know? Like, we'll crack you wide open. So please make sure to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Big thanks, and see you next episode. Peace.